This is not psychotherapy. Dr. Wills does not have a provider-patient relationship with this guest. These are just two people talking about emotions. Welcome to Give a Actually with your host, Dr. Alex Wills. to give a fuck actually with myself dr alex wills and today i'm joined by carrie davis thanks for joining us carrie thanks so much for having me i'm really happy to be here awesome so a little bit about carrie first i was introduced to carrie from my personal trainer nick is that right carrie yeah that is and he told me to try to do a lot of kung fu panda references that's awesome Line them with awesomeness. I've been working with Nick at Cavell Gym here in Boise for the last six months or so. And it's just been really great to get to get coached by him and, you know, working on that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah, he is a great coach. He was one of, I'm a master's athlete in Olympic weightlifting, and he was a coach at the gym and the club that I belonged to for a very long time. And I really, really appreciate him. So if you have any Kung Fu Panda references, feel free to bring him on. He's excited about that. So, <laughs> But a little bit about Carrie Davis. She's a lifelong athlete, mental performance coach, a yoga teacher. She was a Division I college gymnast, a martial artist, and is current master's athlete in sports of weightlifting. Carrie loves helping athletes perform at their best and feel good doing it. She believes in the power of mindfulness, self-compassion, and gratitude in managing the pressure and stress of being an athlete. My 10-year-old, well, now 11-year-old daughter, she was my first guest ever, and she she's a gymnast. She did really well in state last year, and so I'm learning, you know, vicariously through her with all the things she's going through. Carrie's earned a Master of Science in Kinesiology with an emphasis in exercise, sports psychology, and is a 200-hour registered yoga teacher. She is working towards a second graduate degree in clinical mental health counseling and is pursuing the certified mental performance consultant credential through the Association for Applied Sport Psychology. Does that all sound accurate? Yeah. 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 Kind that's, of a mouthful. That's a lot. But... <laughs> no. <laughs> yep, yeah. Anything you wanted to add to that? And what are you you know, up to now? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, I guess, you know, I grew up doing gymnastics. That was my very first love. I started doing that when I was six and, you know, all went through all the way through college and had a lot of really amazing experiences through that. And then after that, I had to do something to kind of fill the void. Um, and so I took up, I did Taekwondo for a very long time and that was great fun. And I did a little bit of ju judo and then Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So yeah, and then I've been doing Olympic weightlifting for the past several years. Great. And are you big into social media or if people are wanting to follow you, is there anything that, that they could look up? Yeah, I am on Instagram at Coach Carrie D. Yeah, nice. I haven't posting haven't been posting a whole lot lately just because of school and and life and stuff, but I'm gonna have a break here pretty shortly and start posting some more again. Awesome. And Carrie is K-E-R-R-Y? It is. Thank you for asking. There's like 10 ways to spell it, I think. <laughs> so many Carrie variations. So many. 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So anything else you wanted us to know about you going on lately? And as we were talking about before we started recording, this podcast is a bit of an experiment. Neither one of us knows exactly where it's going to go, but we're going to be curious about emotions that are going on with you, with athletes, and sort of follow the emotions wherever they lead us to see what we can learn from them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think as far as emotions go, some things that athletes struggle with are expectations, managing expectations and and being really focused on a particular outcome. And then another really common area that athletes struggle with in terms of intense emotions is injury. Injuries happen. They can be career ending or they can be a bump in the road sort of a situation, but they're always emotional. For me, I, since I've been participating in Olympic weightlifting, it's been kind of a series of injuries for me. Like I'll make some progress and get injured, climb my way back, you know, build my way back and get another injury. And so I'm kind of in that cycle again. In December, I competed at the Masters World Championships in Orlando, Florida, and then started a new training cycle in January for the uh, Masters National Championships, which were in Philadelphia in March. And in that training cycle, I did something to my shoulder. It started hurting kind of one week in training. And I was like, okay, I'm going to It's just cranky. I'm just going to do the regular things I do to manage it. It's going to be fine. And the pain wasn't going away. Started doing some physical therapy. Was kind of helping a little bit, but still wasn't really fixing the problem. Still competed in March. I really, I was, I was like, nope, I'm not going to pull out of this. I'm going to go do it. My body wasn't a hundred percent, but I competed. And then after that competition, I And I was thinking, well, I need to get this checked out. This is more than just being grouchy. And I got an MRI and found out, yeah, I do have an injury that needs to be fixed. One of the rotator cuff muscles, the tendon is um, fully torn. And so I've got to have that surgically repaired. Hmm. So once I got the results from the MRI, it was kind of this, like, just deflation, like I deflated. (laughs) Like got very, very, very frustrated because it's just been this constant cycle of injured, um, get injured, come back, get injured, come back. And it's just really, it just you know, kind of hammers me because I'm like, when am I ever going to get over the hump? Am I ever going to get over the hump? Is I, Am I really going to be healthy for a good stretch of time so I can really perform the way I want to and the way I feel like I can? And so, yeah, so that's kind of a recent event for me that is, I've been managing a lot of emotion. Yeah, just hearing that I can, you know, find myself feeling so frustrated and I I imagine the intensity is just overwhelming at times. Before we jump more into the emotions with that, to take Mm -hmm. a step back, could you tell us a little bit about, I've always been fascinated with sports psychology and, mm. you know, I think it's a lot of our dreams to be able to work with athletes and help them mm. to get to peak performance. What inspired you to get into that in the first place and what's yeah. your kind of take on it? Part of what inspired me to kind of take this route was my own personal experience growing up doing gymnastics. I was successful, but on some levels, 
And also I always struggled. I always struggled with confidence and managing fear and trying to live up to expectations that I had for myself and my coaches and you know, expectations I thought maybe my family had for me. And so it was, gymnastics was really amazing for me and also very, very hard. And so part of the reason I'm getting into sports psychology is to help other athletes manage those types of things to maybe if I can help someone else um, not have as hard of experience as I did, then it's like, yes, that's, yeah, I want to help other people with that. Just kind of, and then I'm kind of coming into it in, in middle age. I spent a long time working in law enforcement as a civilian and do human resources related work and health and wellness related work in that space. And after 18 years, I decided it was time to move on. I finished my yoga teacher training and I was teaching yoga. And then I was like, well, this is great. And also I feel like I'm not quite there yet. And so I found a health coach training program that was yoga influenced. And I went through that and that one-on-one coaching people with health related things. And I was like, this is great. And also it doesn't feel like I'm quite there yet. One of my teammates at my weightlifting club started kind of suggesting to me, hey, no one really talks about like the mental space of the sport and how we develop those skills and do better that way. And then so that got my wheels turning even more. And then I started pursuing sport and performance psychology. So I guess kind of a long answer to (laughs) to that question, but that's kind of how it was kind of step after step after step and, and trying to listen and pay attention to my intuition and what felt right and what felt good and what felt kind of congruent with, yeah, with where I wanted to go. So, you know, watching um, my 11 year old little gymnast with how much pressure she seems to put on herself and gymnastics to me, it seems like a, almost a cruel sport because you, you go through so many weeks and months of training and then you perform and you only get Mm -hmm. one shot and you make the smallest little mistake and it's all over. And Mm -hmm. I see her just dealing with these ideas of expectations and fear. And, Mm -hmm. and I, as a parent, I worry, like, did I, did I somehow do this to her? Like, where is this drive coming from? Like, you know, does she feel like she's not lovable unless she gets first place, you know? And so it sounds like it was uh, really hard for you at times. How mm-hmm. how hard did it get at its worst in your experience? And and what we how are you able to help other athletes so that they it doesn't have to be as as brutal as it was for you? Yeah, I think maybe in like like junior high, high school, gosh, college. A lot of my time was was really very difficult. I got very self critical. I was very, very hard on myself, very mean to myself for not being able to get over fears or not be able to, I should be, had again, coming back to expectations, like comparing myself to other teammates who were older and at a higher level than I was and saying, well, people are telling me I can do this. I should be able to be here. And why can't I do that? And so 
Yeah, I got very, very self-critical, very hard on myself. And actually, I was talking about this with a teammate and a coaching client earlier today about how yoga is kind of tangent a little bit, but how yoga, when I started practicing yoga over time, that self-criticism, that self-talk criticism really just was like this nice gradual downhill slide where I learned how not to do that anymore through yoga, through being present and noticing paying attention to how my practice felt without judgment. And I kind of got over the self-critical part and learned and started practicing self-compassion. That's great. Yeah, it's so easy, you know, to be critical. And you, you've talked a couple of times about getting over fears. What, what were the fears of? Um, they were like fears of certain skills. And I would have mental blocks. And it was really at, at multiple stages of my experience in gymnastics. So when I was a certain level, I would sometimes I would have mental blocks over these skills. And then when I got better, I would have mental blocks over um, other skills. So it, I don't know, it's hard to kind of describe, but it was like skill-based. Mm-hmm. I was very fearful of going backwards, which is kind of, mm-hmm. I need to do that if I'm going to flip and stuff. So yeah, a lot of the fears were like skill-based fears. Or I sometimes have like a mental block and all of a sudden I couldn't do, my body put the brakes on and we're like, nope, you're not going to do this skill right now. And so, and I would never have really a good reason why. So Mm -hmm. it was was very frustrating. What do you find most helpful for yourself and working with other athletes about fears like that? kind of depends on the athlete and depends on the sport context. You know, a lot of times it's reminding them, you know, reminding the athlete of how far they've come, the skills that they have, what they've overcome already. Kind of remember, oh, you've done this thing like probably thousands of times, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I probably have. And just a lot of it is reminding them of how how far they've come and what they can do and to trust them, trust themselves Mm. and also relying on the trust from their coaches, from their teammates, that they're there to support them and that that their coach isn't going to ask them to do something that they're not ready for. Mm. Uh, And then also techniques that are about kind of self-regulation So managing their nervous system, maybe with some deliberate breathing, having a self-talk statement or a couple of words to help kind of help them feel more courage or more strength in that moment. Sometimes mental imagery, seeing and feeling themselves do the skill, do the movement, you know, yeah. So self-regulation is a big, big key. Yeah. With the radical emotional acceptance, I talk a lot about how these fearful or other unpleasant emotions are there for a reason. They're actually trying to help us. They're good for us. I'm curious with fear when it comes to, because my daughter talks about, you know, new skills she's not 
confident at and you know she could do it in practice a hundred times but when it comes to performance it's like there's this block there and yeah. what's the purpose of fear in general for humans why is fear yeah. a good thing and particularly for because you know we think athletic performance but we think about back in the olden days like battle war like this this could be survival to have the best skills and that's like life or death so how could fear actually be a good thing? Is that part of it to help yourself understand or not so much? Yeah, I think very generally speaking, you know, fear is protective. It gets our attention, right? It's like, ooh, we're about to do something that might put us in a, you know, a compromised position or maybe it's sort of, it might be unsafe. So fear is gets our attention. It's like, oh, should we do this or not? So um, fear can be very hel helpful in the context of sport, like competition nerves, kind of performance anxiety type of situation. How we perceive that nervousness, that fearful makes it can make a difference in how we perform. So if we see that nervousness as helping us to do better, maybe it gives, you know, because we're more energized via our nervous system maybe we get, have that extra boost of energy that's going to help us perform the best that we can. So, or if we perceive the nerves as a threat and like, oh, scary, this is really, I don't know if I want to do this, then, then it's going to, you know, maybe cause us to perform with hesitation or, or, or maybe not at all. So when it comes to competition nerves and performance anxiety in general, just how we perceive that, whether it can help us or be scary and hinder us, is is a, a really impactful shift how we look at it. And just a general understanding that every athlete gets nervous. Olympic athletes get nervous. World champions get nervous. It is a normal human thing when we're going to go out in the world and do something that's important to us and other people are going to be watching us or whatever it is completely common and typical to be nervous. Mm. And it's not, you know, that particular athlete, that particular gymnast isn't weird or different or, you know, it's just, it's a normal thing that happens to most athletes. Everybody gets nervous. And so reminding ourselves of that as well, it's like, oh yeah, okay. I want to do well at this. It's important to me. So yeah, I'm going to be a little nervous. It's okay. I got it. Yeah, for my approach, I'm always looking to see how the emotion, in this case, fear, is mm -hmm. is there to help. And I think you put it really well, the sort of the interpretation. If you think of it as a problem, it can cause you to be hesitating and could mm -hmm. actually cause you to not perform very well. Mm -hmm. Or if you think of it as, you know, my goal is to embrace it as a friend, realize it's just there mm -hmm. to help even find, you know, sincere gratitude for the fear and realize it's trying to make you aware of the threat, keep you on your toes, mm -hmm. give you that extra energy to really, you know, be at your best. Yeah. And then that could push you to giving the best performance ever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a nuancey thing, but it, it's uh -huh. it's the difference between, you know, victory and defeat. It's a lot. One of my best friends is a counselor and he does sports counseling and and he talks about kind of this curve of 
when you have, you know, enough anxiety, Mm -hmm. you're going to get to your (laughs) optimal performance. But when there's too much or too little, you don't have enough of that motivation. And so trying to kind of manage it to, to where you're at your peak, but not overwhelmed, you know? Yeah. It's kind of this balance between like challenge approach versus threat avoidance. And so we kind of get that activation and it's like challenge approach, challenge approach. And then when there's too much activation and then we consider it a threat and then we back off and avoid. So it's a very fine line that is, and is also so context specific that can change in a lot of different, you know, situations for different athletes. And I think one piece of it is we can understand this intellectually. We can understand the whole story behind it, but to actually experience it, that's the part that kind of changes us. So if there's Mm -hmm. any way to practice, to get Mm -hmm. that habit of, okay, I have extreme fear right now and I'm going to pretend it's my friend and I'm going to experience performing the best I've ever performed before. And and then experiencing that enough times that kind of rewires that emotional relationship with the emotion, I think. Yeah, our response to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. To kind of jump back into the injury that you brought up, and I guess you said the emotions, you just felt deflated, frustrated, the cycle, you know, as I've been going to the gym every day. I'll I'll have like this never ending cascade, like, you know, my, my shoulder will have this like weird pain and it won't go away for three weeks and I'm trying to figure it out. And then it's like, okay, finally it's gone. And then all of a sudden my lat has this like weird thing going on. I'm like, what, what next? It's like this never ending frustration, <laughs> but you actually had an MRI and you have mm-hmm. like a serious injury. So what other emotions? So deflated, frustrated. Can you name any other emotions that have been going on for you? I guess angry. Yeah, anger, well, frustration and anger. Maybe some fear, like fear if I am I ever really going to be able to <laughs> like get where I want to go with my performance in this sport. Right. Fear, maybe a little fear of if I will be able to, if my body will work the way I want it to after I, you know, heal and go through all the rehab. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in the case that it doesn't get better or if, if this pattern doesn't stop or if you, if you don't heal up, right. What emotions do you think would come up if there was that bad outcome? Yeah. Yeah. Like if, I got to a point where I realized, hey, I may, I maybe I really shouldn't be doing this sport anymore. That would be, yeah, like lots of sadness, lots of disappointment for not really, you know, have having the experience that I had envisioned for myself. Maybe some anger too, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we think of anger as a, a shield emotion. It's easy to get in touch with anger because you're empowered and nobody's Mm going to mess with you because you'll kill them. Usually underneath the anger, behind the anger shield, there's more vulnerable emotions. You mentioned disappointment, great Mm -hmm. sadness. Any other vulnerable emotions behind the anger, you think? Mm -hmm. I guess it would be kind of like embarrassing. (laughs) Like, 
like, here's Carrie. She just can't stop getting injured and she doesn't get very far because she keeps getting injured. And so, yeah. It's interesting to notice that the, the fear it's, you know, like we talked about before, it's there to make us aware of a threat. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the threat isn't necessarily that your injury is not going to heal or that you won't be able to compete at the same level. But it's really a fear of some pretty painful emotions and getting into a state of disappointment, sadness, anger, even embarrassment. I think, you know, we're, we're afraid of these emotions because they are painful, very uncomfortable. And there's also maybe a bit of an irrational fear that we're going to remain in these emotions forever. And we're just mm -hmm. going to sort of live that the rest of our days in, in shame or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think kind of bringing yoga back into the conversation, it, yoga has taught me also besides learning self-compassion and how to be less critical of myself has taught me to kind of feel my feels and and not be as afraid of that and understanding that it, you know, it's just part of this moment and it is going to pass. And I'm going to feel joy and happiness and you know other things too it's just kind of part of the continuum of our experience because we can experience so many different emotions as humans it's just part of the part of the spectrum of experience yeah i like that and it sounds like yoga is really besides the the physical movements of yoga it's also it's been a really great sort of mindset. And how does, uh, for you, how has yoga kind of weaved in the, the mentality in addition to the physical component? Well, do you mean like working with yoga weaved in with like sports psychology or with? For you as a yoga, in addition to the physical practice, are there also some teachings that go along with oh, it, yeah. some mindsets that? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Now I now I got I smell you're cooking. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of philosophic philosophical concepts in yoga, and yoga is very wide and deep and old. And what we see most of you know in modern yoga and popular yoga is the movement aspect and putting our body into pretzely shapes and <laughs> things like that. And it's much like I said, much bigger, wider, deeper. And there is a lot of philosophy in there. And there's concepts about letting go of not of non-attachment, mm. not getting so attached to an outcome or an aspect of our life or that kind of a thing. So non-attachment has been very, very helpful. There's a concept called Santosha, which is contentment of self is accepting all of yourself as you are all of your experiences and it's takes some practice because mm. you know we all have aspects or events or moments where like man i wish i wouldn't have done that or whatever and, but practicing compassion and acceptance for all of your who you are mm. has been really helpful and then another concept, I'm forgetting the Sanskrit term for it, 
but it's self-knowledge, understanding yourself, self-awareness. What are your like tendencies? What are your habits? How do I go about doing things? I have this story in my head about this thing. Is it even true? You know, so yeah, non-attachment, compassion and contentment with yourself, self-knowledge have all been things that have really helped me a lot. Yeah, it's music to my ears. I really love that. <laughs> so I think the emotions that you are sharing courageously with, with us, this, you know, fear, you have these hopes, these aspirations for power lifting. And of course, you have, a, you know, a, another setback, an injury, you feel deflated, frustrated, angry, and then there's fear that it might not get better. It might not go in the right direction. And all of these emotions are so valid. And, you know, I understand they've been pretty intense for you and you should be having them because they're mm -hmm. reflecting back, you know, the reality. And I'm glad that you also have that realization that, you know, God forbid there is bad outcome and you end up disappointed and having these, you know, very intense, sad, even emotions of embarrassment you also have this understanding that it, it they would be temporary and they would you would still go on to have joy and happiness and and life would still go on however that doesn't take away from the reality like yeah this is a big deal and it is you know super important for you yeah yeah it is it is a big deal for me um and i guess part of why that is too is I think in some ways I am using my experience in weightlifting to mm, overcome some of the challenges that I had in gymnastics because there's still some, you know, it's still hard. Some of the challenges that I had as a gymnast and that I wasn't able to overcome with my confidence and fear and, and so Part of my, one of the many reasons I'm involved in weightlifting is to kind of overcome those things that I had trouble with in the past. And yeah, being, if I were, if my body said, no, thank you to weightlifting anymore, <laughs> then it would be, then I'd be like, well, it would be pretty disappointing. Like, gosh, darn, I was really hoping I could, you know, do better than I hoped and overcome some of those old, old challenges. So. Yeah. What, what were some of those in gymnastics that you felt you couldn't overcome? I think I never was able to get to a point where I was really, where I overcame my lack of confidence. It was always a struggle. And I never was, yeah, just in a space where I was really, really strongly confident. It was just always a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So you have this desire to experience that. Yeah. And in weightlifting, I really, I've, and I've, I'm proud of what I've accomplished, but I know I can do more. But part of my reason for being involved in sport again and being an athlete again is to show myself that I can do this with confidence and I can yeah. perform well and I can to kind of, yeah. What What is it like for you right now? Kind of 
you know, we've named the different emotions going on in, at this moment where you're experiencing the setback. And we're not trying to fix or change anything. These are all valid emotions to be mm -hmm. having. They all make sense. The fear makes sense. There's a lot at stake. There's potential for some emotional pain too. What's it like to just kind of sit with that in the moment without without thinking that we need to change or fix anything? It's just sort of informing you about, yeah, this is this is my life at the moment. This is my reality right here. Yeah. I emotionally, I guess at this moment in time, it just feels kind of neutral. Like like I've accepted that, yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm injured right now. I have to have surgery to fix it. I do not like that. I am not happy about it at all. Mm -hmm. And also it's just the reality of the situation. So yeah. so I just you know, I feel I do I feel gratitude that I am able to get it fixed and that I have the resources to to do that and to do rehab and to get healthy again. Yeah, but just kind of neutral, kind of like this is this is how it is right now. Yeah. You know, that actually makes me feel like so connected to you, even though we just met, because <laughs> it's so relatable. I have some things going on in my life that have nothing to do with athletics, sports or performance at all, but it has to do with setbacks and it has to do mm -hmm. with being kind of helpless and, of course, wanting success and wanting the great outcome, but knowing that it may not happen and that there's, you know, going to be a lot of emotional pain if there is a bad outcome. And you know, I think our emotions, especially those painful, fearful emotions, the woundedness, the hurt, it's also where we're most, you know, human and we can like relate to and connect with each other and realize like we're all living out our own movie and we all have yeah. hopes and dreams and setbacks and we're kind of in this together, even though our pathways may look very different on the surface. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's very cool. And I'm, yeah. yeah. I mean, and thank you for being, you know, brave and courageous to, to share what's, what's going on. And it's interesting, you know, this, the confidence that you're desiring, which makes a lot of sense. It seems that in other ways, I imagine you come across as somebody that is, you know, quite confident. You, you seem to have a good sense of like who you are, what you want, where you're going and, and you can articulate that pretty well. Oh, well, thanks. It's taken me a while to get here. It's taken me a while to figure myself out and kind of peel the layers back and and do some good work to get to a point where I can say, yeah, this is me. I'm good with it. I know for a long time career-wise, I wasn't sure what my direction was. But then once things started feeling it kind of falling into place for me, then it just was like, oh yeah, this is landing. This is it. So yeah, it's, it's been some time and some work. And <laughs> so it's probably still will always be a work in progress. You know, talking about the, the yoga teachings and kind of, you know, reflective of some of the Buddhist thoughts, it reminds mm -hmm. me of the story of the, the farmer and the horse. Have you heard this one? Yeah. Maybe I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Something about a farmer who has a horse and the horse runs away and all of the village people run up to the farmer and say, oh, that's so sad. That's so tragic. Your horse ran away. Life sucks. And the farmer's like, maybe. Maybe. Then the next yeah. day, 
his horse comes back with two wild stallions. And so now he has three horses. And the townspeople come and say, hey, you know, you're so lucky. This is amazing. Now you've got, you know, three horses. Life is great. And the farmer says, maybe. Then the next day, his son is riding. One of the stallions falls off and breaks his leg. The townspeople come up and say, oh, that's so tragic. Now your son's injured and life is going to be horrible. The farmer says, maybe. And then a week later, there's a war that erupts in the land. And all of the young men of the village are sent off to die in the war, except for his son, because his son had this broken leg. And so, you know, just this idea of even the things that we we may aspire to, the things that we want, the things that we think are going to be good, maybe they will be, maybe they will be fulfilling, maybe not. But, you know, through whatever turns of events, we may end up having, you know, different opportunities come up. And it's, it's another way to kind of that story in particular helps me with that idea of the non-attachment, not, yeah. not being so attached to outcomes and just mm -hmm. trying to be open-minded and enjoy like, you know, something about going through the surgery and your, your healing, you know, may open doors that you never imagined before, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I may, I have, I may be, a, you know, attached to a story that I'm telling myself that this is a really awful, tragic, bad thing. But then also there might be some really cool, wonderful things that come out of it too. I don't know. Um, right. Just keeping an open mind to what could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I find it helpful to whatever bad outcome we might be imagining, worst case scenario, because usually it's just like, it's like black box. Like, oh my gosh, if I'm injured, if I can't compete anymore, my life is over, I don't even want to go there. So we don't even think about it. But I find that if we take that extra step and we spend some time imagining, okay, what is life going to be like in that case? And spend some time meditating, like really imagining what your life is going to be like and who you are, what your relationships are like, what you're going to do. Then it's it really takes away this end of the world kind of a feeling and helps us to kind of make peace with, okay, life will go on. Things may, may not be so bad. And this sort of emotophobia or fear of these painful emotions doesn't have such a stranglehold, you know? Yeah. It doesn't sting quite as bad and it's not as big of a catastrophe. And when I've had injuries in the past... There, there's a saying I like to use with myself is do what you can with what you've got. And like I've had some knee injuries where I'm healing my knee, but I can go in and I can do other things that I'm still making progress to where I want to go. But yeah, it's kind of that if, if we pause and think, well, really, is it going to be that big of a catastrophe or what else could it be like? How do I know for sure? Like, and being curious and exploring and yeah. I've always told myself if I get paralyzed from the waist down the very next day, wheelchair basketball league, 100%, I'm going to be the best wheelchair slam dunking guy in the world. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How are you feeling now? Any emotions? Was any of this, any insights or epiphanies you've had as we've kind of been trying to tune into the wisdom of your own emotions today? Yeah, I think 
pausing to remember kind of what we just talked about, pausing and, and thinking about, well, if it is, if I don't, if the surgery doesn't go well and I'm not able to compete again or really do the sport in the way I want to, well, what else, you know, what else can I do with that? Can I get more into coaching or what, you know, maybe it's not as bad as I'm thinking it could be. There could be other potential opportunities there and other great things. And so that was a really helpful reminder that, oh yeah, maybe I don't have to be as afraid of this as I'm of as afraid of the potential of not competing again. Yeah. I try to remind myself with topics like this, you know, by all means, you know, I'm talking to myself, you know, do your best, try, try to win, win it all, you know, go for it, be as successful as possible and, and give it your all. And if it, if it works out great, awesome. If it doesn't, you know, you tried your hardest and just, you know, don't be invested in the, in the outcome. Just know that you, you really went for it and, it's, but I think you're right. You know, we have to kind of remind ourselves and we have to talk to each other because it's really, it's easy to slip into those ruts where we're just kind of like, we almost get paralyzed by trying to control the future, control the emotions. I think this fear of painful emotions can oftentimes paralyze us because we don't, we want so badly to avoid a bad outcome and, and we think it would be the end of the world. Like, you know, we don't really think it, but, you know, irrationally, it's kind of like we act like we do so we mm -hmm. can kind of get ourselves stuck. So it's good to kind of come up for a breath of fresh air, right? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Anything else that you wanted to mention? Any any other emotions coming up for you or any other thoughts for today? Uh, no, I don't think so. I am, I'm thinking that I forgot to try and slip in any sort of Kung Fu Panda reference. <laughs> Oh, what was Coach, the one? Coach Nick, Nick will Nick be said. disappointed. Coach Nick will be so disappointed. He'll be so disappointed in me. Legend tells <laughs> of a legendary warrior. whose <laughs> Kung Fu skills were made of legend or something. Yeah, there we there's go. One, there was. There's one he said today that had something to do with, like, whatever you do, be awesome. Something like that. Oh, yeah. I kind of, yeah. Yep. Well, we tried, Nick. We did our best. We tried. We tried. Yep. <laughs> but now this was, I, I love this because I never know where it's going to go. And I learned a lot about yoga. It's more than just the fun movements yeah. today. And yeah, a lot of, a lot of really cool insight about sports psychology. So yeah, thanks so much for being on. And I look forward oh, to talking yeah. with you again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was great fun. And you said on Instagram, it's Coach Carrie D? Yes, at Coach Carrie D, K-E-R-R-Y-D. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. This is Dr. Alex Wills with Give a F Actually. Make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for watching. Make sure to check out the merch store. RadicalEmotionalAcceptance.com Bye! Bye!